Hi, hey, hello, afternoons. This is a extra Chompcast thing. A very special episode. A very special episode. Uh, I'm Rich Meister. I'm here with one Raymond McGill. Hey, uh, we are sitting in a hotel room in Boston. We are, excuse the audio, this is the first, probably the first uh, chomp cat, chomp, sword chomp piece of content that was recorded in the same room. Yeah, yeah, and we're using the same microphone, there's, no one's wearing headsets. We're shoved into the corner of a hotel room. We're making do because we want to get this info out. Um, it is, you deserve to know the truth. Someone has to know. It's Friday, April 22nd. Uh, we just closed out day two of PAX East 2022, and we've been playing a bunch of games over the past two days, and there's probably going to be another one of these. Um, but we were recording this. Josh will get it. It'll get up in a timely fashion. We're here to talk about video games. Let's, uh, I, I, I'm going to start this off. Yeah, yeah, you start. Um, the first game I saw today was Outshine from developer Fishing Cactus. Um, no clear-cut uh, release on this set yet, but you can wishlist it on Steam. It's got a Steam page. This is a uh, typing game, and uh, I don't know about any of you. I don't know for sure about Ray. I like things like Typing of the Dead quite a bit. But Typing of the Dead is a fantastic game. Yeah, this game sort of feels like the evolution of it. I actually want to go back. They were telling me at the booth when I was talking with the developers. They actually made two other typing games uh, that are similar to this, but this has kind of learned a lot from those games. This is the culmination of their typing game experience. Yeah, so it's got like a sci-fi aesthetic, like almost like net surfing looking kind of vibes. Like post-keyboard era? Yes, but you're using a keyboard. Defeats um, the purpose. <laughs> some would agree, some would agree. Uh, but yeah, basically you're surfing almost like... Um, fuck, why am I, I losing... Like... Uh, Cyberspace? N- no, that's... Actual a, space? No, I'm looking for another game to compare it to, but I've, I've lost my train of thought. Basically, you're moving along lanes that you're using left control and right control to switch between. There are obstacles and enemies in your path. Most can be destroyed by typing the word above their head. Okay, um, so like, what's usually like the length of a word that you've seen? It depends on the strength of an enemy. Okay, like four letter words will be like simple, like four to five letter words are like your simple baseline enemies. There's some bigger sort of robot looking ones that hang out and drop bombs on the track that are typically like longer words. Like what was a longer word that you saw? Um, revealed, I guess, is kind of a middle-of-the-road one. Okay. There would be, like... Um, what was the longest word that you saw? Commencement was a good example of a long word. That could be a long one, yeah. Um, speaking of long things to type, at the end of every level, basically, there's a checkpoint where there's a timing, a timer counting down, and you have to basically type out a paragraph. So... Like a sentence at a time. It sounds like that this could appeal to people who like a certain type of game and then also school programs. <laughs> totally. Um, and there's a lot of accessibility stuff in it. Uh, for one, you can basically turn everything else off. Like you could turn it down to the point where you just have to worry about the typing and don't have to worry about any of the hazards or anything like that. OK, um, I'm a pretty fast typer, so I set the difficulty to and the difficulty is based off of how many words you type per minute. So, is, is there just like a test for that? Can you just like test your? You can just WPF? select. You just select it. Okay. Like, uh, I set it to sixty words per minute to start because that's prob. Like, I don't know. I didn't want to push it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I ended up having to turn it down to thirty just because the way it divides you from paying attention to the track and paying attention to the words that are coming at you, um, it can get to be a lot. But it it could be a very cool way to become uh a better typer. Another uh small feature I made a note about. 
uh, which is fun for me, is uh, you can type everything in this game. What I mean is instead of just like hitting enter through the menus, you can just type whatever word on all menu options to get in, which is how you should build a game like this. Yeah, with that little extra stuff. Just typing next instead of hitting the next button. I mean, here's hoping that they eventually come out with an expansion to help people who want to become court stenographers and they can learn the shorthand on that keyboard. Totally. Uh, This reminded me of, and I need to double check it because maybe it is the same developer. Um, I played a game a couple years back called The Texorcist. (laughs) That's a good name. um, Which was a typing game like this where with the arrow keys you were moving a character around in like a zelda style top down to avoid damage from bosses and spelling out words that came up in like a tome you were holding to do damage okay i mean this it's it's unique typing games are now a thing somehow well you know what it is everything has even not just like a pc everything has usb ports you could bluetooth keyboard on so you know what like it's not out of the realm of possibility that this game could see a wider audience than just some like obscure pc release sure but uh just typing games don't get a lot of attention this one's cool like i said uh no release date just yet but that's from fishing cactus uh outshine ray what where did you see first where did you start your day today i started at the tiny build booth to see never jams spider heck so this game now, you're just going to have to bear with me because as I was talking to people, I was writing very sloppily in a notebook. So hot. I was talking to one of the representatives for the publisher. So this game was made by one person. I didn't really get their name, but it's two to four players couch game. Apparently there's not I, from what I understand, there's not going to be online at first. Hopefully this changes because this game will really, really benefit from online play. Um, it's coming out this summer for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC via Steam, of which there's already a demo out on Steam, so if you want to try it, you could. And just before I get into it, you should. Um, now, I played f- four-player mode, where you play as a spider. Spoilers. I know. Um, it's a very stylized game. It's very simple graphics, but it's very colorful. Everything's very clean, neat, and sharp, so you can always see what's going on. And it's almost like a static Smash Brothers style level where there's like platforms and stuff. And the point is to kill all the other spiders, which are being played by other people. And you can do so by getting various weapons. Like, you know, I saw like beam swords, beam rifles, laser rifles. You know, grenades, laser mines, all lasers. Um, cool. So spiders love lasers. I, what I wanted to ask you, uh, because yeah, when we first like saw this game, or asked to come see it. Um, the, what immediately struck a chord with me is like, oh, this looks like Nidhogg. Um, how much of that is an applicable comparison? In how stark the weapons are, very. Because even when playing it. I got that feeling like you're not running from screen to screen like Nidhogg, although this game could actually maybe benefit from something like trying something like that down the line. Um, It's sort of Nidhogg meets Smash Brothers, which is like how quickly someone goes down. Um, But then again, it's like a static stage in which last person standing is the winner. Um, Now, the spiders act as spiders where they could stick to any surface and they could throw out webs. And the webs have a real sense of physics and momentum to them. So as you play the game more, you start have to take you have to take that into account when you're swinging around. And also some of the objects in the stages are destructible. So the stage could look different over time. No, overall, it was a very positive experience. Um, The aiming's intuitive. You aim with the right stick, like say you have like a laser rifle and you can aim it in, in 360 degree motion using the right stick. 
But, you know, for someone like me, I don't play like shooters. I was a little slower at this, whereas two people who were playing with me, they just brutalized me. Because just two random people at the convention, I guess, yes. paired with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was me, the representative, answering my questions, and like these two random people at the convention, and they just kicked our ass. Were you one of those monsters? Because I've done this before, particularly when I demoed Heave Ho at a PAX once, which is a cool game if you've ever played Heave Ho. No. Um, like, I, they had to like kick people off their demo couch so I could play it, and I felt like a monster. No, 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 no. I patiently <laughs> waited. I No, I don't want to kick anyone off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I patiently waited. I won't be that guy. I refuse. You know, I got paired with Rando Ralrizian and I got my ass kicked. Perfect. But honestly, I want to get better at this game. I think it's a game that, like I wrote here, it's simple to learn because I did feel like I was getting better pretty quickly. But this game will have a very high skill ceiling. Yeah, that's it's definitely something I'm going to keep an eye on. Did, did, was this, uh, did you already say, is there a release date in mind? Um, they are looking at, I wrote this down on here. Uh, four player. Oh yeah, out this summer. Cool. They, they didn't give it for a month. Just you know, but soon the season. Yes, sure. Uh, so next stop for me was I went by to see a uh, cool to play studio, um, and they were showing off Uragun, which is a uh, bullet hell mech game that's been in development for about three years. It's been in early access on Steam for a while. Um, but they're looking to launch proper within like the next six months or so from sitting down and talking with a few of the uh, dev team. It's a small team of about like 20 people. OK, um, for a lot of them, it is their first game. It is the studio's first game. OK, so a lot of these were fresh out of college or what? Yes, that is exactly what. Yeah. Fresh out of college, uh, Polish studio. OK. And I really like I like mech stuff. You do, too. Ray. Yeah. Um I, I just picked this because I like, oh, mech game. Cool. I wasn't expecting too much. I really like this game. OK, uh, so like, I mean, you said bullet hell. So like, is it like is it 3D? Is it 2D? It is top down 3D. Top down 3D. So like uh, Ikaruga, but like Ikaruga is 2D, but uh, a little bit more devil daggers. No, no, that devil daggers is very first person in that regard. Yeah. Like you were looking, you know, controlling your mech through like almost not necessarily screen scrolling because it is like a static scroll. Okay. Um, you're moving, from, but it is like top down, not quite isometric, but top down. Okay. Um, looking in on this mech, you're unlocking a ton of different weapons that you can mix and match one left, one on the right. Uh, specifically, I had asked if you could like double up on a weapon, like the Gatling gun is really fun. Um, and in the current build, uh, they were telling me you can't do that, but that's probably going to happen soon because that's a lot of the feedback they're getting is people want that. Feelers, yeah. you weren't the first one to say that. Yes. Now, I need to ask, when it comes to mech games, I think I think you heard me ask this to another mech game whose name I can't remember at the moment. Phantom so. Brigade. Yeah, Phantom Brigade. I always ask this about mech games because people who like mechs will know exactly what I'm talking about. What were the mechs like? Were they like Armored Core or were they like Gundam? They were Armored Core mechs. Okay, so walking tanks. Yes, you, um, you, like, you have a very specific mech design in, and it is that. Um, boxy. Yeah, it is two legs and, and a big like, boxy tank body with guns on it. I was going to say, they don't actually have arms, like no, a mecha. No, just mounted weapons. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you're upgrading this mech as you go on. The customization is a little bit deeper than I would have thought, though. Like, some of the weapons are very different. Like, there's a rocket launcher. Everything has unlimited ammo, but operates on some form of a cooldown that you can upgrade as you progress uh, through weapon mods and, and such. Okay, so uh, you, you can 
make the unit that, you know, sort of you like. Yeah. On top of that, there's also like overall mech mods um, that work on like a charge system. Basically, like say your mech has six charges. This mod uses four of those like and you kind of mix and match to get the build you want. Now, okay. now I need to ask just because we see games that usually aren't just play it and be done nowadays. This is a bullet hell game. Is there any sort of permanent progression that'll keep you? This is a single player mission based story. Yeah, the uh, I mean, the thing that's going to keep you back is, you know, unlocking mods and new weapons and things like that. Okay, does game seem like it's going to be difficult or it some of the boss stuff um, from what they were telling me, they I don't know how much they were just trying to be nice to me. They said I was doing pretty well. But they showed me two of the bosses. Um, they showed, I think they said in the current build of Early Access, there's a total of like four bosses. Three of them are these smaller scale bosses, which I did one of. And there's one large scale boss, which was a centipede, uh, like sand centipede thing they had me fight. Human centipede or bug centipede? Bug centipede. Thank you for for making the distinction. That yeah, was, I didn't a, want, I would have sounded good. foolish if people didn't know. Yeah, people need to know if it's three people stitched together ass to mouth. Uh, yeah, but for that boss, for this current build of the demo, and he's like, yeah, there's like a learning curve. You've been playing for like, 10 minutes if you'd been playing for a couple of hours like you'd be more competent at fighting enemies like this they were using the dev was sitting right there with me using uh control shortcuts built into this demo to keep replenishing my health oh okay okay so um, it sounds like the game will probably have some spikes in it then absolutely uh and it operates on uh like not limitless basically you have three lives per level okay um and it's not like a load back in like when your mech gets destroyed you can just sort of tap a to jump back into it but using a life like that will lower your overall score for the level okay and score effects rating score effects some bonus unlocks there's collectibles in every level so there is reason to upgrade your mech more and go back to previous missions okay to try and get like an s rank on them because they are ranked in that style okay um and some of the weapons like get like crazily different there's a rocket launcher that is basically what you'd expect there's a plasma cutter um, that basically throws this plasma disc forward and then it pulls back to you boomerang style to do more damage on the oh, way back. Okay. Um, there are, uh, you're also basically building this charge as you kill enemies, picking up like energy. Yeah. And getting these reserve cores to one, use them to heal. And then there are basically AOA attack, AOE attacks, like, um, you know, sending out an electromagnetic wave or like leaping with the mech to do area damage. Uh, there's a plasma sword you can get that operates off those charges. Uh, there's a lot of different things to shake up the gameplay, but it feels good in motion. It uh, it's got a dash that feels really good. OK, um, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to definitely be checking out more of that when we get back home. Yeah. Now, um I forget, did you say if they already have a release date planned? It's in early access, has been for some yeah. time. They're aiming for about six months for a full launch. So for 1.0? The, yeah, the current build of the game, from what they told me, has about half of the final content in it. Okay, that's pretty good. So, yeah, hopefully they can get that out the door. And if that interests you, yeah, you can pick that up right now on Steam in early access. How much is it? I don't know off the top of my head. I probably should have checked that. Nah, nah, some of these are on early access. Yeah. yeah. You guys can check on Steam. It's very easy. It's got a Steam page. Yeah. You're a gun. U-R-A-G-U-N. Get it? You're a gun. Oh, I just got that. Yo, you're like the Second Amendment embodied. <laughs> That's what they say about me. 
What no, else? What else no, you got from no me? No one has said that about him on this glorious Friday, right? Um, I didn't write anything. This we actually saw on day one, but I want to talk about it. You have some notes about stuff you and I both <laughs> soaked in on day one, so yeah, let's run through some of that. Yeah, I ta- uh, I tried this game actually. Uh, Blind Fate Edo no Yami, and I watched you try it, so I yeah. basically played it. Yeah. Um. So this is a side-scrolling 2D action game. Um. It feels really nice where they're at right now you play as you know this is right at the beginning so it's not a spoiler the character you play as is a samurai in the near future japan who is blind and you get sort of a simulated world given to you that your brain can perceive you're like a a cyborg kind of deal so they like they it's basically like they upload a version of like map of the world from like hundreds of years ago yeah, yeah, from, you know, modern Japan into. So, you know, it may not match up one-to-one. And you see some, like, elements where, like, you would think stuff is there, but it's not. But right from the get-go, I had access to some good-feeling moves, some good-feeling sword attacks. Um, you have, like, a long-range attack with ammo that refills. You have a nice, like, stomp that feels uh, really weighty because it's gone right off the double jump you have right from the start. So jump, jump, and then down and attack, and he just straight down stomps the ground. And, and like you were saying, because it's a static representation of the world, you're using like this echolocation kind of ability to even find enemies or objects that might be in your way. Yeah, and, and you don't necessarily see the enemies. You more see their footsteps, as in your, your character is sensing them. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, you, you alluded to this earlier, there was one particular moment that I was like, okay, that's a smart idea for how this would work, where you're leaping from rooftop to rooftop, and there's like a series of air ducts that you would have landed on to jump to the next building, but you just fall right through, because those are not actually there anymore. Yeah, and another, the game has a lot of artistic flourishes, like how it uses static image on top of the moving stuff, like the raindrops that were just staying hovering in the yeah, air. Yeah, there's just static rain pelting the air, because it's not... You're not perceiving the world. Yeah, you're perceiving the world as it was in a single moment of time. Now, from what I can tell, this game is a much better uh, um, vision impaired uh, experience than, say, The Quiet Man was a hearing impaired experience. I streamed all of The Quiet Man in one sitting. It was horrible. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Were you streaming in one sitting because it was so good? Because it was so bad. Okay. Um, but yeah, Blind Fade, I don't know, Yami already has a demo out on Steam, so you can pick that up. Uh, I think it's just literally what I played, if I remember correctly. Um, also, I want to talk about a game that I saw today. This one I wasn't expecting. This was on the PAX Rising floor. Sure. This was a game called Keylocker, and it had, I don't know if the subtitle, Turn-Based Cyberpunk Action. It's made by a small team called Moonana. They've been working on it for about two years. This is a tactics RPG in which you live in this very colorful, theme, like, well-themed, color-flushed-out uh, cyberpunk universe where there's no music allowed. And it's the town from Footloose. But, but cyberpunk. cyberpunk. Okay, yeah. cool. Great, I'm in. No music allowed, and you are uh, fighting um, the enemies, which are, like priest cops from the church government that god bans cops. all music yeah god cops starring alan <laughs> yeah starring you know starting starry, starring jack donaghy yeah um so this is a world without music now it's about five people working on it this started with one person moon anna who anna moon i think her name is like she she was named after her 
she started this game actually as a visual novel and then determined she doesn't like visual novels, so turned it into a tactics RPG. That's something that sounds like it could happen to me. Like, I like consuming visual novels, but, like, I feel like if I were to try and sit down and write one, I'd have a terrible time. Yeah, so... And I imagine she probably likes consuming them if she was like, I'm gonna make one. Oh, yeah, no, so... This is being made in Game Maker Studio 2. So each area has a color scheme. Um, so like the first one I saw was like purple and green. Another one will be like blue and red, stuff like that. So I asked I asked her about her influences because she was the original person working on this. She said she did the story, art, UI, and UI elements. So her um, influences first, uh, she said Chrono Trigger. Because uh, there are no random encounters in this, the enemies you see on the world, and when you engage them in battle, instead of just a straight-up turn-based, you know, each character is on a side thing, there's a small grid. It's a little tactics game where there's, like, AoE attacks, so they're really taking a lot of influences from tactics RPGs, and also another influence was the Mario RPGs, in which the timed hit element, because she told me that, like, when you do attacks, you could time it for more damage. Um... There's a video out for this. It's a trailer. Uh, they're shooting for 2023 release. Uh, that's what they're aiming for. So she said no promises, but she's trying. Um, of course. Also, life you know, happens sometimes, especially in game development. Exactly. So this game also has, you know, classes like a Final Fantasy Tactics. There's not much. There's only three characters overall and four classes for each character. So I think maybe more like a shorter, bravely default sort of idea. Sure. Yeah. And this is coming to Switch. PlayStation 4 and Steam. Um, Yeah, no, this game really looks fantastic. This is something I'm going to try and get over to during the day tomorrow on your recommendation because it looks very good. It is very, very good. Um, You want to bring up another one? Um, I am trying to see. The thing is, a lot of the stuff I played, you were sitting behind me taking the notes while I was playing it. Okay. So so you have a lot of the notes. Goblins Publishing, I I cannot for the life of me remember the name we played. Goblins Publishing. But I have a lot to say about it. Uh, Druluvian Wins? Druluvian Wins, yes. I I played a good 20, 25 minutes of this game, I want to say. Yeah, and I wrote like a solid page of notes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so this is an interesting one. French Studio... Um, if any, if this does anything for anyone listening, and I know it will for one Shay Layton and one Joshua Fowler, this game is Spirit Fair. That's the, what they listed as their major influence. The only one they said is their major influence. No, it makes sense because it is very much the vibe of Spirit Fair, except you are not keeping companions with you for a long time. It's got a similar art style and like these fun like animal characters who kind of flow in with an almost random feel to it. Yeah, I described it as transient animal crossing. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, so basically you're running a lighthouse um, in which you're building amenities. Like you start with uh, three characters who have tents in like a cave underneath this lighthouse and it's they're reaching this lighthouse, stopping to rest before they move on on yeah, their travels. Like, it's almost like an outdoor motel. Yes, and every character you get will have a couple of different things about them. Like, a squirrel might come through who is, like, a carpenter, so they'd be a good example to build a sawmill for you. And, you know, when someone stops, you need to provide food for them. They have a food preference, which will put them in a better mood and make them more productive, because typically people are staying for, like, a week to a few days. Yeah, yeah, it's like, they. that's the important part about this. That's why I describe it as transient Animal Crossing, as opposed to Animal Crossing, where you can keep, you know, 
whoever, you know, tank in your town forever if you keep on giving them gifts. These yeah. people are leaving they, no matter if what. They arrive and it'll say leaves in 11 days. Like, yeah, leaves in four days. But yeah, while they're there, you keep them fed and you put them to work during the day, which could be working in the sawmill to produce lumber. It could be fishing to uh, get you more fish to feed people with at night. Or you can build the greenhouses to farm in to produce vegetables. Yeah, uh, or like an inn or a garden. Like there's, You can also straight up build lodging, which will allow more people to stay with you at a time. Because you basically get letters saying, this person's requesting to rest here. And you can yeah. accept or decline. And if you don't have room, you have to decline, obviously. Yeah, and it seems like in the demo that you played, you were never without people. It seems like the second someone left, you got I was typically, else. yeah. I, there were a few days where I only had two people. Okay. But it was a rarity. And that um, must have been when I was actually talking th- to the devs. Three is the minimum of people you have, because you have space for three tents in that lower cave. But then you can build proper lodging, um, and you can start getting four, and it can obviously... I would imagine Excel beyond that. I only did a, a 10 day cycle. Yeah. Which is what that demo was. But the main thing you have to have, and I actually imagine I never let this drop low. Basically, you're running a lighthouse, right? So you need to throw fuel, which can be one of three things. There's basically literal like gas fuel. You can burn wood or you can burn like rugs, r- rugs and stuff that you fish up from this fishing net uh, mechanic. And the flame of the lighthouse has a gauge every night i was making sure it was completely topped off like i had enough materials to do so my guess would be the dimmer that lighthouse gets the, the less, less people yeah. are coming through because well, they see I, it i remember the one character said at one point he's like oh the flame was bright so someone came from far away that's so yeah it the, seems like you might get like more varied people the better the lighthouse is yeah exactly if you also if, i'm pretty sure the only end game state really would be to just let the lighthouse go dark and not be able to get anyone to show up. Well, and I actually talked to the devs about this. So this unity based game. So like you, the right now, the end game isn't really clear. You know, the right now you just 10 days and they said at the moment, you know, you just try to survive as long as you can. And, but you know, they still, you know, they said they're still working on it in terms of like, you know, what the ter- what the total, like, treadmill is going to be the loop now this game has no enemies and no death they actually described it as family friendly survival which yeah makes sense because it's not something i would have thought of as a genre but yeah no that's a good way to describe it the closest thing to like a bad thing that happens and i'm it happened to me during the demo i'm pretty sure it's scripted to happen once during the demo uh you can get hit by tsunamis oh yeah and you said that knocked out your greenhouse yeah, basically what happens is you can also reinforce buildings yes i did uh, see that because when weather gets bad if a tsunami hits I, i'm pretty sure it's scripted in a way that it always goes oh we you know the lighthouse keeper saw it in time we were all able to get to safety but some of the uh buildings were destroyed and then what you basically have to do for that day and they make it so you recover some materials from the rubble okay um everyone has to spend the day clearing the rubble so you lose a day. You lose a day, but you do get some re- like random resources that are... We found this while we were clearing the rubble. Okay, so it's not a total loss. It's not a complete loss, no, but you have to clean that up before you can start building and working again. Okay. No, I mean, this game seems really great. The travelers are randomized. Um, also, one thing that I really like, just from what I was seeing while watching you play, mm-hmm. uh, the instructions were really good. Like, they were really great at the beginning of, like... Using small, easy to understand boxes, be like, you know, do this to do this. You like, would hover really over an objective and it would just be a clear text box telling you, okay, you're going to want to go to this menu and then this menu to assign X character to do X. It was effective tutorial. Yeah, it was tutorial. As deep as it needed to be. Uh, 
and that good 10 day cycles was a, a a good chance to kind of learn how everything does because aside from the like you know building simple farms and stuff on the land you can also in that demo we didn't get into any of this but you can start building stuff in the air at some point it seems yeah yeah um, they said they said that maybe that's going to happen underwater though they said that that's happening un- underwater was in the demo um i built yeah. fishing I, I built a fishing spot and this was actually a cool aesthetic because all the fishing spots are actually under the water like they a tube comes out of the building oh, okay. and goes to like these underwater fishing spots all right so no that sounds like that sounds like like that sounds like a nice chill game to play. I lost myself in. Uh, there's only one game we played today that we'll get to soon that I lost myself in a lot more. Um, but I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for this one. And in, Spirit Fair I liked a lot as well. Uh, I know both Josh and Shay ate that fucking game up. Um, okay, uh, and. Yeah, Josh and Shay ate that fucking game. Yeah, up. and this is very much of the same vibe. All right, now we have a lot of games to talk about. Like I saw a bunch today, we saw a bunch uh, yesterday. So I want to talk about the biggest game that we saw today, sure. and then we could talk about some more stuff when we record tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, because there's going to be there's going to be a, a at, least, at least two of these. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about Tectonica. Yeah, uh, Tectonica is. <laughs> uh, if anyone's ever played like Factorio. It's very much one of those games, which is exactly how the dev described it to us. Yeah, Factorio and Satisfactory were two of the first words out of his mouth. And this is one of the games we got a deeper look at because it was not actually on the show floor, but we met up with uh, the lead dev uh, at his hotel room and he he got us to play a demo for about an hour. So I put a lot of Ray was taking notes and kind of uh, bugging him for questions as I as he does for me because he's a good person. And I just played this game for an hour, basically. Yeah, Rich got a really good extended look at this. We had we had a good amount of time with this, and I and you know he was very open with the questions I was asking, and he was really helpful. So this game is like a Factorio Satisfactory, where you're making an automated process, but it's a first person game. It's first person crafting heavy. You know, you you can physically like mine with a pickaxe, and you will do that basically to start. But the turnaround was very quick in how quickly I was building like automated mining drills and refineries and running conveyor belts to get them to loop and feed each other. Yeah, I think this game is really intuitive. I think that the aesthetic works really well. Like everything looks very different. Everything is very clear as to what you have to do. Like obviously they like what we saw still has a lot of you know placeholder stuff in it. So. You know, he he was saying that like some stuff will be a little different when the game is out. Yes, but um, I, from what I saw, it was very clear already. Yeah, and I had a, like I said, I was lost in this. The hour flew by that we were sitting in this. I didn't even realize because uh, we technically <laughs> booked for a half an hour appointment, but he didn't have another meeting until an hour from then. So yeah, we lucked out in that regard. I'm really glad actually. Rich got extended time with the game now. The game itself, um, I was asking again for the inspira- like the inspiration game, like what inspired them with this game, and he answered instantly Subnautica. Yes. Rich, you played a lot of, right? I played a lot of Subnautica. I actually want to go back and play the expansion they put in, which is, people have said is like a smaller, more contained Subnautica. Um, and yeah, it, it is very much that. It seems you start in this big cavern uh, that will sort of be your home base. Similarly, in Subnautica, you start in this submarine that has like basically a machine to craft things for you and you just immediately start going out gathering resources and seeing how you can combine these things like uh immediately in this i found some large veins of ore which immediately okay i got some ore and then 
you're basically trying to restore a lot of these old machines. There's sort of a big sci-fi mystery. Uh, yeah, well, everything was wrapped in here. We didn't get too much on that, but it seemed yeah. intriguing. No, I mean he shared some stuff, but um, let's put it this way: like Rich had to start doing a lot of the to make the initial crafting. A lot of it was by hand, you know, hitting stuff with a fi- with a pickaxe, pickaxe physically. But like all these factory games, from what I understand, I don't play these really. I kind of want to now. Um, <laughs> this one in particular has, yeah. has me excited. Um, you automate the process as soon as you can, so you can start producing in larger and larger numbers. Oh, almost immediately, yeah, I gathered enough materials to make an auto driller, which you then like plant in front of a vein of whatever material. Iron was the first one I did. Yeah. Um, it drills out the ore, and then you can basically make these automated arms that will move the ore onto a conveyor belt, and then feed it right over to a smelter, and just start making you yeah iron bars. And now there is a tech tree to this game, and Rich was unlocking a lot of things by scanning it. It almost reminded me of Metroid Prime-style scanning scanning for objects. Yeah, 100%. Like, the first objective when we dropped into that demo was basically you get that scanner, and there's a bunch of destroyed, uh, dri- like, Drill refinery fuel. drills down there. So you scan a few of them until you have enough data to... Make it yourself. Like, make the blueprint for that and produce your own. Um, and then you would do that for a bunch of other materials. Like, there are all these dying... Uh, sort of lights propped up in there, and if you scan enough of them, you can just simply make your own lights. And they're better. And also, taking those dead ones and harvesting them is just enough material to make a new one, which is great. No, there's a lot of nice touches here. I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a trailer up. He showed showed me the trailer. Yeah, the Steam page is live. Uh, Oh, also, we somehow didn't mention this at all. Uh, at least two-player co-op? No, four-player online co-op. Four-player is what he's definitely going to go for. Yeah, he said four-player online co-op. Um, it seems like a game that you could just, four people can just, you know, be playing different, different houses, just sort of chill out and like, it, you could really lose yourself in this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so from what he tells us, uh, keep an eye on that Steam page. Something might be coming soon. Yeah. He said his, you know, he said, he's like, you see a lot of games like this in early access. Yeah. Uh, It's likely going to happen for them soon. Uh, what we were playing was clearly an early build, but even in that state, I was absorbed in this for the hour we were there. It was very playable, but it was also, they were, he was very clear with us what's being changed. Yeah, like, there were some menus that were not in the state they should be, um, but yeah, that's the kind of thing you get when you're demoing games this early, and even in the, the state where he was telling us, you know, this needs to be fixed, it was still serviceable. The game was very playable and very engaging from what was there. Yeah, yeah, cool underground biomes. Uh, they promise there'll be different ones. Different biomes, yeah, all of them underground, though. A lot of bioluminescent stuff, which I just like looking at. It's just pretty. No, it's it's pretty. It's a pretty game, too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And also, I like with how everything's so, like, organic and bioluminescent. The stuff you're putting down, like the drills, they're very industrial. They gave me almost, like, alien vibes from, like, what the, like, technology looked like on the ships and stuff like that like how everything looked very industrial like your man-made stuff is very reminiscent of that yeah 100 percent um but yeah that that's for me right now i'm gonna want to ask you this question before we take off here um for me that and your gun are probably leading in terms of like stuff i'm most excited about i saw yeah i mean for me what i just just knowing me and what games i like to play uh, Keylocker is probably doing it for me the most right now. That might do something for me as well, but I haven't seen it yet. Yes, it, it will. It's a fantastic looking game. Uh, what you know for you, it is te- Tectonica, right? Yeah, I think Tectonica is at the the top of the stuff I demoed. 
followed followed closely by you're a gun. Um, yeah, I need to check. Everything that out. I played this week so far, I've really liked though. I haven't I haven't really encountered something that I was like meh. Yeah, I mean, well, that's also the benefit of being a smaller outfit. We get to pick and choose a little bit more. Absolutely. Now, Rich and I have... We're going to be looking at more games tomorrow. Um, we're going to do one more recording tomorrow about yeah. other stuff. Because I did visit some other stuff today. And, and we have a few more appointments tomorrow. Yeah, so we want to just kind of keep you guys updated as best as possible. So, yeah. Uh, this has been episode one of this little PAX bonus cast. PAX East 2022 recap. 2022. Time to go get high in a hotel room. Have a good night.